0: Oh, it's Chris Porter from Last Comic Standing, you know, the season from 1957. If you listen listening to P.F.'s tape recorder, dig it.
1: Hello there, I'm P.F., this is my tape recorder. Coming up, it's Kermit Apio.
0: When people wear, say, you know, Hawaiian shirts or whatever, there, there's no sort of mocking and putting down in it. What we would consider cheesy isn't necessarily an appropriation or a, uh, uh, a criticism, and I don't speak for all the line. There are certain things I see where it's definitely an eye roll. I don't feel like it, there's any kind of intent in any way.
1: I'm reckoning we should have talked to Kermit back in January. Yeah, he goes to Minneapolis about once a year, but of course, uh, didn't make it this year because of well, you know, uh, things happened. So we get an update from Kermit as to what he's been up to during the lockdown. We also have a song of the week from Lights, and first, of course, we have a dumb bit. Well, we have an election coming up, of course, in a few months, and the political ads are running. And Senator Mitch McConnell from Kentucky is uh, promising to protect a group of people that are well often overlooked in our society.
2: It is simply unbelievable. Now the mobs have come for our founders and our heroes Washington, Jefferson, Lincoln, General Grant, who brought the Civil War to an end, freeing the slaves, the World War II memorial. Governors and mayors stood down and watched criminals spray paint churches, topple statues, and harass police. Seattle's mayor lets gangs ban police from several square blocks. People have been killed. But a large statue of Vladimir Lenin remains, while our own founding fathers are dragged through the dirt. Americans know that an imperfect nation built by imperfect heroes is still the most perfect union the world has ever seen. When the dust settles, it is never the mobs or the bullies whom we honor; it is the brave leaders who confront them. I'm Mitch McConnell, and I approve this message.
1: Yes, Mitch McConnell is going to protect the rights of statues. Statues everywhere, because let's face it, they've had a hard time. Well, they actually have. And look, no one's for the destruction of, of public property. I mean, no one in their right mind is for the destruction of public property. Know your audience, kids, is what we always say. And you know, I get it. You know. 400 years of uh, oppression and and an unconcerned, casual prejudice and all that. I get that. But the thing is, is that, you know, you got to know your audience because the people that you're really going to need to help you to turn this thing around, you know, it's like I always say about, you know, comedy, is that the the punchline has to be greater than the setup. So people aren't going to get past the fact that you've toppled a statue of George Washington and then listen to your message. They're just not going to do that. That's just human nature. You know, civil disobedience people. uh, Stopping traffic for five minutes, you know. That's cool. Nobody gets hurt. Makes people think. Uh, I'm all for things like that anyway. And then uh, this whole deal with Columbus, by the way, people getting upset with. The city of Columbus took their statue down. And uh, I did just doing a little uh, I guess, brushing up on my history. And, of course, um, you know, Columbus didn't do anything. Well, I guess he, he did. I wouldn't say he didn't do anything. Uh, but, you know, of course, first of all, people will point out to you accurately that he really didn't discover uh, America because you can't discover something that was already inhabited, right? So, um and the other problem is, is that – and I looked this up too because I wanted to make sure uh, – he went to his grave convinced he had found uh, India or he was close to India, never realized he had discovered a whole different continent. Um, so best case scenario, he uh, you know, just, he was the first European to reach uh, America, which he still wasn't. That was the Vikings a thousand years before him as a matter of fact but uh, i guess you could say he helped close the circuit i guess on the world and make you know the world one one place at at great cost unfortunately to the people that were already here for thousands and thousands of years but anyway columbus is that guy at work that you know that mucks things up but then still gets promoted so that's Columbus for us. So maybe we should have statues to this guy for, you know, failing upward, uh, a great thing in this country. So anyway, uh, President Trump, of course, uh, not to be outdone by m- his friend Mitch McConnell, uh, is also going to stand up for the, the less fortunate statues in this country.
3: I am announcing the creation of a new monument to the giants of our past.
1: Frank Gifford, Lawrence Taylor, Eli Manning, Oh, not those giants. He means different giants.
3: I am signing an executive order to establish the National Guard of American Heroes.
1: So he goes on to uh, inform us that they've chosen 30 people to be honored in this uh, garden of statues. And uh, he starts, I guess, chronologically. And uh, his little preface to the list as well. Uh, Here it is.
3: A man who has been very unfairly treated, who two years ago, three years ago especially five or six years ago. People would have said it's impossible to even attempt to try and disturb his incredible legacy and success. George Washington.
1: I went to school in the 70s and the 80s, and uh, no, George Washington's reputation was not besmirched. But I mean, it was pointed out often that the guy did own slaves and he did free them when he was, you know, when he passed away, but he still had them. So, and it was always pointed out that these guys were conflicted, certainly. So, anyway, uh, next name on the list
3: Thomas Jefferson.
1: Well, we all know what happened with Thomas Jefferson. Again, you know, a great man helping to found this country, a slave owner who actually had a a relationship, shall we say, of sorts with one of his slaves. So not only did Thomas Jefferson have a human rights problem, he had a human resources problem. Please continue.
3: Thomas Jefferson, Betsy Ross, Alexander Hamilton, Benjamin Franklin. John Adams, James Madison.
1: So after a long list of old white guys, we get to... The great Frederick Douglass. And then the list gets a bit more diverse. and uh, But I'm wondering uh, – I'll cut the list short here, of course, but uh, the only president on the list, of, I guess you would say from modern times, is uh, Ronald Reagan, of course. And, uh, yeah, no FDR, no JFK, no even uh, Ike Eisenhower. I, I think you put Ike Eisenhower right there. He, he won a war for you and warned you against the military-industrial complex. I think he's, he's bang on that list. But anyway, nope, uh, not to be. And, of course, I'm wondering – if uh, someday in that Garden of Statues we'll ever have the first black president. Hmm. Kermit Apio is a stand-up comedian originally from Hawaii, but he now makes his home in Seattle, Washington, where he's lived, uh, gosh, for years and years and years. And he tours comedy clubs all over these great lands of ours. And here now is our interview with Kermit Apio. to start here. Is it going to start? It's being very finicky. Here we go. It looks like it's going to start.
0: So is it's just, uh, uh, over the
1: phone? Yeah, that's absolutely fine. Yeah, that's what I always do. Um, I just do it okay. as, a, as a backup. Yeah, I think um, it on uh, and kind of spacing it so like, well, when would I have talked to them had they come to Minneapolis? And because, uh, you know, Jackie always comes in uh, December because so you can visit family and you know, other people tend to show up the same time each year. Pardo comes in the summer. And so uh, I looked back. I haven't talked to you since January of 2019. So it's been a while. And uh, always a fun guest, and I see you on Facebook a lot, so I just thought it'd be let's see what catch up with Kermit and see what he's been up to.
0: Oh, thanks, man. Yeah, um, I was supposed to be there in April. Aha! Uh-huh. Yeah, I mean, yeah.
1: Um, there you go. Yeah, I, I probably had that on my pitch list, and uh, yeah, yeah, and it and it fell through. Yeah, they're um, they're doing some shows now. Erica Rhodes was just there, and a guy from here, from Cincinnati, Mike Cronin, is there this week. And uh, in fact, I he was in Cincinnati before he drove up there, and he I was he, I walked out of my day job, and he was walking in to visit the folks, and he's like, "Hey, man!" I'm like, "Oh, hey!" And he goes, "Hey, and I'm gonna be at Acme starting tomorrow night." I'm like, "Dude, I need some more warning than that." <laughs> <laughs> well, sorry. So yeah,
0: wow, that's a cool coincidence.
1: Yeah, it is. Yeah, he um he moved to Chicago, and then he moved to Detroit for a girl, and that's where he is now. And so he's uh he's uh yes, it is his first time on stage since March 5th. So. I guess they're doing the social distancing. Wow. I, I take it you haven't performed at all since uh, the lockdown.
0: I've done, I've done two gigs. Um, okay. One of them was a uh, uh, someone I know who I've done gigs for before. He has a group of people who uh, uh, were just kind of get together. One of their friends has a huge property, so they all park their RVs and oh, they. Uh, They they get together, so it was about ten people, and um, you know here in Washington we're uh, we're in that phase now where you can do these gatherings. But uh, um, ten people in the back of this guy's house, and everybody's sitting at least you know ten feet away from me, and uh, it was it was really cool. Well, that's (laughs) good. And then the other gig was uh, at the Tacoma Comedy Club uh, right after they reopened, Um, and. While I really enjoyed hearing laughter, man, it was it was really uncomfortable for me. I just kind of hid in the green room before the show and after the show until everybody left. It was I didn't realize we'd be that stressful till
2: I got there.
1: Wow, yeah, I, I can imagine. But um, I mean, I guess they're well, the the club here they took the um, they've taken the time off and they're completely rebuilding it. Uh, go bananas! They're uh, they they just about gutted the place and re drywalling it and uh, dropping the one part of the floor down that used to come up and uh, uh, making a new green room and everything. So they've uh, wow. They're uh, yeah using the time to their advantage and the guy the the GM Mikey is uh, I guess the owners are paying for the materials but Mikey's doing all the work pretty much on his own for free because he says that, you know the, there's no business so the club really can't afford to pay him to be doing. The maintenance work, so he's coming in. I guess people are chipping in here and there, and bringing him lunch and stuff. And so, yeah, let's look and go on Facebook. Um, he, he posts pictures of the progress. So, um,
0: oh, cool! Yeah, Man, that's that's a you know if you can make that happen while you're closed, boy, that's that's a that's a great thing. Yeah, because
1: this level of um, of uh, remodel or doing, I don't think could have been done any other way, really, because you know they have shows in there. Well, all week, you know, Wednesday through Thursday is a headliner, and then Monday, Tuesday, or, or well, no, Wednesday is the open mic, and then Thursday through Sunday is the headliner. And then they'll occasionally do charity shows on uh, Monday and Tuesday. So, um, so, well, what else have you been up to? Have you, how you've been keeping busy? I saw you this morning on Facebook doing some kind of crooning, but um, <laughs> and yeah, that was um, so that
0: was a uh, a thing that started. You know, right at the beginning of this where I did, I just went on and played some music for an hour because it's kind of a side thing I do. It, it's, um, in the summer, I get these little Hawaiian music gigs. And so uh, I started doing that, and it's actually got a, a small little core group that, that watches every week. And I've been very lucky to, uh, to kind of have that going. You know, it's that, one of the things that keeps my, my mind working is that I have to kind of come up with what songs I want to do and, and start putting together the show and all that. Um, and then I've done a couple of Zoom gigs, and then a, just a just a couple of uh, uh, sort of corporate things where just doing doing uh, web content things, you know, trying to uh, have, trying to create web content for uh, uh, for for companies and things like that. So it's been, um, and, then, and then also the the to do to do list around the house, you know, all the things that I'm oh, yeah. putting off that always had the excuse not to do.
1: Yeah, well, it's weird because my wife and I have been busier than ever. She is as busy as she was. She she still is working her full-time hours, only she's working them from home. She used to go in... uh, Two, let me see, three Three days a week and be home Monday and Friday. Now she's home Monday through Friday, but she's still really busy because she told me yesterday on our walk around the neighborhood, she goes, well, they've given me like three other full-time jobs because they're launching all this other stuff, but they're not hiring anybody to do it, so they're just making everybody else do it. And then um, the t-shirt business, fortunately for uh, me, has really taken off. Uh, we've been selling lots and lots of t-shirts, weirdly, so um, I've been very busy with that. And, uh, still, but still have been trying to, you know, painted the outside of the house and, uh, put down mulch and did, did all this other stuff out in the yard and it's, it's, uh... Yeah,
0: yeah, we, um, our backyard was, uh, was a mess and, um, <clears throat> and we, it's, it's so different now, which is great to see, you know, I never thought we'd get to it, um, but uh, but that's
1: great about the t-shirts, and, and you really didn't see that coming. No, well we did. Uh, well, the company has like four different brands. The big main one is Cincy Shirts, so it's mostly shirts related to Cincinnati. And uh, one of the things they did was they helped a bunch of restaurants and local businesses in different communities. And um, uh, a lot of the proceeds of the shirts are going to help those businesses. So you know, fans of those businesses bought t-shirts. We did a big one in January before the pandemic for the australian wildfires and all the proceeds from that went to um to the australian zoo that was trying to protect their animals but we found of course a lot of people were not only ordering that shirt but they ordered a lot of other shirts too so and then we have a a sister site that i kind of run called old school shirts and it's old defunct sports teams and old restaurants we have a seattle page as a matter of fact and um we have some stuff from seattle on there like scoochies and what else do we have on there um I can't remember off the top of my head. But anyway, oh, we have, like, a Seattle World's Fair uh, t-shirt from 1962. And uh, and that's been going really well because we've been really putting some effort into that. So, uh, yeah, and um, that has kept me busy. In fact, after I'm done here, i got to finish a blog post. And then tomorrow i got to reach out to some people about licensing uh, some logos because we have uh, – I don't know if you were a big indoor soccer fan when you were a kid, uh, like I was. I'm a little bit older than you. But um, – we have all of the major indoor soccer league logos except for the ones being used currently by teams that are still play- – like the Tacoma Stars are one. So I'm going to write them tomorrow and say, hey, could we just sell a shirt with your name on it? We'll give you a, you know, a, a chunk of change and that's all you have to do. I hope they'll say yes and we'll have the complete uh, major league indoor soccer league collection. And we'll go from there. Wow. Yeah.
0: And, and, and they're and they're usually amenable to it? Like, they're usually like, yeah. It's okay. I don't know.
1: We haven't tried this yet. We've only done the abandoned ones. So for the major oh. indoor soccer league, we're missing, I counted, six. There's six teams that are still using the old names and logos that are not exactly the same or very similar. I like think the Tacoma Stars are still using the Tacoma Stars logo from the 80s. So we've, we need to ask their permission uh-huh. and say, hey, can we do that? Otherwise, we'd start selling it, and they would write us and say, hey, stop that. <laughs> That's happened before when we didn't know or someone as like a team starts back up. That's happened before. We were selling a t-shirt and then like a new league forms and this team they buy the, the trademark for it and they write us and say oh by the way you you can't sell that shirt we own that trademark now. And we'd be like, "Oh, so we're going to try to go from the front end and say, "Hey, in fact, the St. Louis steamers is still owned. Uh, a guy bought that, he runs a soccer academy. I'm supposed to talk to him this week, and I said, "Look, dude, all you got to do is just say yes, and every three months we'll send you a check. That's all you have to literally all you have to do. <laughs> There's nothing you have to do except accept the money. So hopefully he'll be amenable to that. <clears throat> Um, so, oh, the other thing I wanted to ask you about, because uh, this comes up, is uh, a separate. Because I know we, we've, you've been following a lot of the, the big social issues, of course. So we have our family room is what we like, I like to call the mid-century modern room of the house. It's decorated all mid-century modern with some tiki accents. And we found some neat tiki stuff. My oldest daughter was like, we're putting some stuff up. And she's like, uh, are we actually honoring Hawaiian and Polynesian people? Or are we culturally appropriating? Because <laughs> she's very sensitive to that. And I'm like, hmm, you know what? I don't know.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's, um, it is, it, it's kind of a fine line that, that, um, it, because here's the thing, like when people wear, say, you know, Hawaiian shirts or whatever, they're yeah, they're. I mean, it's, it's never really meant there's, there's no sort of, mocking and putting down in it right you know what i mean like yeah. what, what we would consider cheesy isn't necessarily um an appropriation or a uh, a, a criticism and so it, it's a really uh, you know to me and, and i don't speak for all hawaiians but to sure. me there are certain things i see where it's definitely an eye roll but i don't i don't feel like um that that most of it is, is there's any kind of intent in any way right we understand yeah. that when you live in a place that people enjoy and it's a tourist economy that that people will will do things in appreciation right people love Hawaii right so if they, yeah, buy they do things that sort of remind them of it or make them feel like they're Experiencing some of it there—that's a positive thing. It's not, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. It, it, it's not a—it's not an appropriation type thing. It's always meant in this kind of man. We really dig Hawaii, and we have it. and, and it, it's it's sort of it's asking a lot for me to say. Well, you should know which things are cheesy and which aren't. <laughs>
3: that's
0: that's incredibly like, it's, you know, it's just not—it's it, just not possible to look at it that way unless we are willing—we're willing to completely um change everything ever done about Hawaii, every movie, every TV show. You yeah. Know? Um and and I, I just don't think that's realistic, you know. But but certainly like there's okay, so there's a certain thing with like tiki themselves, right? The little the little tiki gods little figurines. There. There's a thing there because there are some, you know, beliefs sort of tied to something deeper than just than just most Hawaii decorations. Right. Okay. Um but it's not as big as it would seem because the the ancient Hawaiians didn't have tikis. That became a thing kind of in the early nineteen hundreds. It wasn't like I mean they had sort of statues, but they looked more like Easter Island heads than they did tikis, you know? Mm-hmm. Um the the concept of that was sort of brought in later like long after contact with whites so um but that is the one area tiki's are the one area where like well okay now you're kind of kind of that's a representation of sort of hawaiian gods and mythology um but other than that i you know I, this is a very long answer. I <laughs> no, it's, apologize
1: for that. no, it's fine. It's no, it's, a, it's a good explanation because, yeah, I was thinking, you know, you're saying with the Hawaiian church, that's kind of now been uh, taken over a bit by, like, you know, Jimmy Buffett fans and, and Beach Boy fans, and now it's just more of a, a a sign of summer that's kind of, you know, morphed its way over because, you know, Jimmy Buffett's from, uh, I think he's originally from Mississippi or Alabama, and now, he, of course, he's more yeah. associated with Florida, and, of course, the Beach Boys are from uh, California, and, uh so, yeah, it's, um, I was, I was kind of just, just wondering about that. And that, as you mentioned it now, I, I think people, if you look on the scale of states that people are, are, li- people like and people are mad at, I would think Hawaii's gotta be one of our most popular states. Cause, you know, people, some people are mad at California, you know, some people are mad at right. New York State and, you know, or, right. but no one's mad at Hawaii that I know of. <laughs> I can't think yeah, of anybody. And
0: that's, right, exactly. I think, I think, um, uh, because you're right, people people love going there, and um, and you know it's you can go there in the middle of winter, and it's, yeah, uh, it's it's 80 degrees, and and um, you know you get off the uh, you get off the jetway in in the airport in the airport when you when you step out, you can smell it. You can it smells beautiful there. Like, yeah, you know, yeah, um, and so and so yeah, there's a, there's a certain feeling towards towards Hawaii and that's where most of it comes from like like what you're doing there what you're decorating it's to experience something right it's like yeah. the, the room will be an experience and that's uh, that's a positive right and, and and like and if I if I were to see something in the room that I thought wow that's really cheesy that's sort of you know a thing that white people came up with whatever blah 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 yeah. it's sort of nitpicking to me when when the whole thing is like you said there's not there's not much anger towards Hawaii right it's not yeah there's not that feeling, and there's also something very positive a uh, uh, very, very strong in the idea that um, uh, that that you know if you know somebody there, it really will help your trip you know yeah you yeah like
1: yeah well and, and even people that that don't like Hawaii. Don't hate Hawaii. It's just not their bag. You right. know? And I, I do have. I've met right. some now, uh, ironically, my wife loves Hawaiian culture. Her favorite place in the world to go is actually not Hawaii, but is the, the Polynesian Resort at the Magic Kingdom in Disney World. She's afraid to fly over the ocean. So that's that's, oh right yeah that's the thing. So if you could somehow you know if you could magically move Hawaii closer, she would love to go there. It's just she's she's scared of uh, flying uh, over the over flying over the continental U.S. No problem. She'll fly to California, but uh, that's also keeping her from going to England and Ireland to other places she wants to see uh, because she's just scared of flying over the ocean. So and she do what one of your favorite bands did, The Cure, and. I think it was back in the 80s, um, Robert Smith wasn't keen on flying over the ocean, so they took the Queen Mary to New York and then started the tour in New York and went across the country, and yeah, uh, I think they flew back. But, yeah, that's another way to solve the problem, I guess. But. I want to get there as fast as possible, so <laughs> don't work yeah. for me. So uh, what, what else? I don't know if you've been able to spend more time with your know I mean, Your kids are active in the sports and stuff like that, but for our, our sports back there? And uh, have you been able to spend a little bit more time, you know, following those that they're doing? Plus, you know, we're not following pro sports at the moment.
0: Yeah, no, sports are sports are not there, which has been really weird for my kids who are both athletes. Uh, but, yeah, there's there's no sports. uh, uh but you know it's been good because look, man. I before I met my wife, I was doing comedy, so uh, they don't know a life where I'm home this much. They don't, so I, I was kind of worried, right? Because oh yeah, it, it it's kind of a, a McRib thing, right? I mean, everybody <laughs> likes it when it's there, but uh, does anybody want it on there every day on the menu? You know, and
1: no, it's not special. I was
0: kind of worried, like, man, if this thing drags, are they're gonna be, are they're gonna you know be like, hey, you know what? Missing you is one of the best parts about you right yeah <laughs> so, <laughs>
1: wow i did think of that
0: <laughs> yeah it, it, it's a really you know what when this first happened i kind of thought a lot about it because i have never been home for i, I mean when both my kids are born i stayed home for a couple of months but that's me that means like doing local gigs or gigs where you know gigs within four or five hours so i could drive back right after the show and be back to help my wife right and that's yeah and that's, and that's different because that's, you know, my wife's exhausted, you know, and, and I need to be home and help. So I would take a few weeks off and just take local gigs. I have local gigs till after my kids are born. And so I could be home for a couple of months. But that's different because my wife needs me and it's, you know, it, it's uh, it's uh, out of necessity. So this situation where I would be home for months, it was scaring me because I kind of thought, boy, what if I'm really, really what if I'm, <laughs> what if I'm incredibly <laughs> annoying? <laughs> so so the, so the good thing is um as far as i can tell they're they're happy at all we, we've actually really had a great time together you know and uh, and you know my daughter the senior in high school so a really difficult situation where she you know all the great things about high school those last three months man it's such a great time where it's all about you and your friendships and, and what you've accomplished and what you're going to accomplish like everything is everything is sort of cool in those last three months she, she didn't get any of that so i was so happy that i got to be part of it here with her that i got to kind of walk through it as she went through the different emotions of it um, that i was here you know and and in the first month or so when she couldn't even see her friends when they were all um, it. You know it was great that i got to be a part of this and be be there for her and you know now it's a little more breathing room because they're sort of you know they're used to the idea that they won't have that graduation graduation party but but they also are able to kind of get together in small groups so they'll like get four or five of them to get together at one of their houses and just you know sit apart from each other and hang out and so to get better. But I, but I was so glad I was there for the worst part of it that that really difficult first month and a half.
1: Yeah. So do you have any like gigs tentatively planned for the rest of the year, or are you just waiting to see if things uh, if we come up with a you know a, a vaccine or whatever and and things really start to clear up?
0: Well, I do have a gig planned. Um, there's a there's a big festival show that I do every few years in, in North Dakota. Um, and I like that gig because it's it's a huge amphitheater. So I'm not close to anybody. They're not selling the first three rows, I think. Um, and even then, the first row is probably like, you know, 15 feet from where I perform. Um, and, you know, I enter, the performers enter from the back, uh, behind the stage, and then we leave from behind the United States, so, so we don't ever really interact with the the audience. And then the performers are all tested once a week and and everything. So there's a lot of a lot of parameters there um, that I think can work. So as long as there aren't any major outbreaks with the uh, cast and staff between now and August, I will be there for three weeks. Other than oh, okay. that, I have nothing more.
2: Hmm.
1: But uh, yeah, hopefully they'll get this uh, sorted though, and then we. Uh, we we will get back to having live comedy because they're saying this is could be the, you know the 2021 we could be looking at this.
0: Yes, I think I, it looks like it will be. Uh, and, and even then, I don't know when live comedy or how live comedy is going to come back, man. I because because the, right now there's this excitement like people just want to get out of the house, so clubs that are opening are seeing people, but they can only open the. You know, whatever, 40% capacity. And, you know, comedy clubs, comedy clubs, you know, the top ones make money, but many of them, even when they can open every seat, are trying to pay the bills. Yeah, exactly. It'll be really interesting to see when that, when those numbers can change, when they can sell out every seat. And then, beyond that, how many people, until we really, truly have a, a vaccine, how many people are going to want to sit in a, in a packed room next to strangers who are laughing, which means belting out air? Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, I, I just don't know that people are going to be comfortable, you know, when, when, um, when, you, when, when you look at... Um, I, I think the risk of it will mean that people who want to see comedy are going to risk sitting with strangers, I think they're going to go see the comics they love. In other words, the theater comics. I think they're going to wait and and say, well, obviously, Gaffigan because you know if I'm going to risk it, I'm going to go see one of my favorites. And 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 so yeah, I'm really wondering for the for the road comic like myself. You know, the many of us that you know. Yeah. I'm not sure what where it comes back or how how it comes back.
1: Well, hopefully, maybe it'll be the opposite, because people would think, like, well, you know, at the, the club is, and like, Acme is, you know, you have to wear a mask, there's only a certain number of tables, but again, like you said, though, that's a big club, and that's, you know, if it's if you're like Yuck Yucks in Grand Rapids, you might not have as, as easy a time as, you know, the Acme or right. maybe a Helium in Philadelphia or something like that, so yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Well, um, I appreciate you taking the time, man, out of your uh, not-so-busy schedule, as it turns out, but, yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, to do this and to get, get caught up, and um, yeah, I hope we'll be doing this again soon for uh, an actual gig uh, in Minneapolis and/or Cincinnati.
0: Yeah, you know, I have uh, Lewis already emailed me, and he said, "Hey, when you're comfortable, when you're ready to come, there'll be a week in Acme." And I was, I was absolutely thrilled by that. I was you really touched by the idea that that you know, and, and, that, and you know, that's another thing, by the way. Uh, so I had a pretty decent spring booked, right? I had a pretty busy. And I was really looking forward to it. Um, but here's what I realized. So let's say comedy starts to come back and they start booking back. Um, some of the gigs I lost this spring, I may not get back because they have to, first of all, honor the gigs that are still on the schedule. Oh, yeah. And then start booking oh, the yeah. people who got canceled, right? Mm-hmm. So I may not be looking at, even if everything were to come back today, I still probably wouldn't get the gigs that I lost back. So probably, Spring or summer of next year, just because of how scheduling works.
1: Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because some um, you know some people do a year in advance.
0: Yeah. So, and that's and that's like I said, if the comic sort of open at full blast today to accommodate all of us that got canceled, it would be it would be you know uh, a long time before I start to move. I still have to stand in line with with all the other comics. Now, granted. Lewis at Acme has been wonderful to me for, for, since the beginning. He's been amazing. So, um, so him offering me that is great. But, but I mean, I really don't know what's, you know, when things will come back. And so, uh, so that's a concern too, is, is that not only how comedy comes back, but when it does, where do I fit into all of it, right? Yep. Um, and, and waiting a year to get a gig that I lost, it seems crazy, but that's the new reality.
1: Yeah. Well, fingers crossed and hopefully it'll, uh, it'll all work out well. Um, in the meantime, I'll send you some links to the, our, uh, our Seattle page for the t-shirts and, uh, and, uh, and whatnot. You can just have a, take a gander at that in your spare time. And, um, yeah, like I said, well, hopefully we'll be able to do this for, uh, an actual gig, uh, sooner rather than later.
0: Yeah, man, absolutely. I agree. And yeah, please send me the links. I'm so glad you're doing well. Uh, you know, uh, it's it's nice to see that when people through all, all this craziness can kind of can kind of get get something going, man. I, it's really awesome because uh, you know this is a tricky time to do it. So I'm it glad is. things are I'm glad things are rolling.
1: Great. Well, thanks, man. Okay, we'll talk to you later. All right. Sorry, no, thank- I missed your calls. Oh, no problem. All right, no problem. <laughs> bye bye. Okay. Bye bye. Thanks again to Kermit Apio for being on the show. Of course, uh, we don't have any dates for Kermit Apio, but I believe if you go to KermitApio.com. You can find all your Kermit Apio information, including that uh, comedy festival that he'll be doing in August. And Apio uh, is A P. I.O. And uh, follow him on Facebook, too. I think he has a fan page, and he, he posts all kinds of fun stuff. He posts those tunes he's been doing that we were talking about. You can catch those as well. Uh, up to the song of the week now. Uh, boy, I feel very badly because um, <clears throat> this woman is a very good friend of the show, and she's put out, like, four singles in the past couple of months, and I just slept on all of them. Didn't realize they were out, and I found by accident on Facebook. Uh, I'm on her fan page in Facebook, and they're all posting, Oh, this is great. We have a new single out today, and this is our fourth one. I'm like, fourth? What happened to the other three? So this just came out on Friday. This is Dead End. I think this is the best of the lot, by the way. And, uh, boy, it puts me in the mind of churches a little bit. Puts me in the mind of uh, kind of more contemporary, uh, you know, chart dance music that's out there. But it's still very lights, which is really cool. And uh, I like this track a lot. Got a great chorus. And they're going to dig it, too. Uh, see what you think. This is Lights, the Song of the Week on PF's tape Recorder. So long and thanks for listening. It was a cheap shot and I'm so real The money in the world doesn't buy your faith Don't worry yeah. If you're trying to lose me It ain't easy, but you're doing a good
2: job Keeping your back up, tearing my heart up